Hi guys and thanks for joining me on another episode of Design and a Half. In today's episode we're going to be talking about the five whys technique and especially how this is being used or can be used in conjunction with design in, in general. So first of all, when we're talking about the five whys technique, we're talking about a technique that has been mainly used in automotive for quite a long time and it was one that was developed by a Japanese uh, uh, guy who was called Sa Sakichi Toyoda and it was used within the Toyota Motor Company during the evolution of its manufacturing methodologies. Um, it's basically a tool that is used oftentimes to do root cause analysis and it's a tool that is mainly used whenever we're talking about factual data, whenever we're trying to identify the cause of a specific problem and it's not always used um, properly whenever we're talking about UX design. And why is because some designers misunderstand this as a sort of way to actually uh, find all the answers that you're looking for whenever they use this one while this is not necessarily the case. This is just a way to an, another tool in your arsenal to find out uh, or, or to get to the bottom of a specific problem. Now uh, let's think about how this five whys technique is working so um, basically what the, the, the gist of it is that you start off with a with a simple um, problem for example and then you dive into the to the root of the problem by asking five repetitive why questions let's uh, let's assume an example for example, the, the, the vehicle will not start. Your car is not starting. Why? Because the battery is dead. Why? Because the alternator might not be functioning. Why? The alternator's belt might be broken, for example. Why? Well, the alternator's belt was well beyond its useful service life and it wasn't replaced by anyone. Why wasn't it replaced? Well, it wasn't replaced because the the car wasn't maintained according to the recommended service schedule. So someone did f forgot to actually bring the car to a service and to actually inspect it and see what the actual problem was. That's finding out the root cause of a specific problem by using the five whys technique. Um, how, how can you use this uh, successfully, for example, as a designer? Well, for example, if you're looking for quality improvement initiatives, if you're uh, problem solving or you're trying to find problems in, in your organization or with your specific product, this is a good technique to use if you have the problem in mind, if you know exactly what the problem is or Mm, if, if, you, if you have some factual data with regards to a specific problem that you want to solve. So what other uses could we find for this um, 
technique which is quite useful in, in, another, in a lot of scenarios. Well, if we're looking at UX design especially, this technique can, for example, identify user pain points if we're thinking about it and it can find out defects and causes for, for user pain points. And those pain points can then be addressed uh, further to improve the, the overall user experience of a specific product. So this is, this is something which is um, often used by UX designers in terms of a technique. It's called um, trying to find out user pain points. What actually happens with this is that people do user interviews and, and basically in those interviews you ask um, all sorts of questions that help you uh, sort of get around the problem and sort of scope in into and, and narrow into the to the actual problems of users. Um, how this usually happens is that whenever you're doing user research and this is not something which is specifically my area of expertise because I'm not necessarily the biggest um, the biggest UX researcher to be honest I'm, I'm more of a person who is focused on um, the business side of things the the, the, um, the process side of things and the visual side of things not necessarily the research part but I'll try to explain it as best as I can so whatever basically what happens is that you choose a pool of five up to ten people um, but no more than ten for qualitative interviews in which you ask them questions which you already have thought out with together with your colleagues and basically those questions are, are sort of ways of, um, of of reflecting a specific st uh, strategy that you have in mind so they're 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 trying to find answers with regards to a specific uh, research strategy that you have in mind with a, with a specific research goal of you wanting to find out um, something about your product or about the user per se and that's why you sort of create um, a set of questions uh, that should not be too too encompassing. The, the, the problem is that if you ask way too many questions, people are going to feel like there's in so, uh, some sort of interrogation, and that's when they're not going to be as responsive, and they're not going to be as as comfortable as if they were in a in a sort of this amicable discussion where they're talking with someone they trust or they have the feeling that they trust and they're not being prodded and probed into giving answers but are rather led into a discussion which feels natural to them because that helps them open up more it helps them sort of feel familiar with you and it also helps them tell you exactly what their problem is but you have to be extremely careful about how you structure those questions because those questions can help you as much as hurt you in terms of finding out exactly uh, the, what you want to find out. Questions could be misleading, questions could be um, sort of priming people into giving you exactly the information that you want and for example in user research it's not something you're going after it's not something which you're pursuing because that basically doesn't help you find out or, or uncover a, a, a problem but sort of just conf uh, gives you a confirmation bias 
and confirmation bias is a bias that happens when people are looking out for uh, for a confirmation of, of their belief rather than, I know, getting an opinion. And this is exactly what happens in a lot of user interviews and it's something which you need to be extremely careful about. So my personal opinion is actually have a UX researcher take care of those questions for you or someone who is quite literate in English and knows the subtle nuances of the English languages so that so, so that it basically doesn't fall into that uh, leading uh, side of, of a questionnaire where, where people end up telling you exactly what you want to hear. You want to avoid that as much as possible. So please, if you have a UX researcher, go out and tell them to help you out. If you don't have a UX researcher, try to find someone or uh, who, who can help you out with this part. Preferably someone senior with a lot of experience doing user interviews because that can help you a lot. However, getting back to our topic at hand, which is the five whys technique, um, my advice is that if you're going to use the five whys technique to uh, find out complex issues, uh, try to break down the, the, the issue at hand into smaller, sort of easier problems to tackle and try to involve the people um, in, in that specific project, for example, in that application that you're trying to to user to do user research on as early as possible and try to do uh, this root cause analysis on them specifically so for example if you're doing um, if you're working on an application and you have that sort of stakeholder interview try to use the five wise technique on those stakeholders try to talk to the to the to the project uh, manager, to the product owner, to the to the product manager, for example, to some salespeople, and try to use the five whys technique on them. Try to find out from them, and, and sort of split it, split your objectives into several parts, and and perform this five whys technique on each of those objectives to find them to, to to get to the bottom of each problem instead of just using one to try to uncover a bigger problem because that usually doesn't work um, and it's one of those pitfalls of these techniques that a lot of people tend to do I personally haven't used the five wise technique as much um, I, I'm more of a type of a person that works with a different type of framework I, I'm um, trying to use um, uh, sort of uh, why who what and where when and uh, basically how these are the the five or, or six actually questions that I'm usually posing whenever I'm I'm trying to start off a project to try to understand why am I doing this who am I doing this for uh, what am I actually doing what are the actions that I'm trying to perform and and when I'm where am where are they sort of aimed towards um, what's sort of the the timeline for this specific project and how is success going to be measured for for this specific project so these are rough coordinates that you uh, as a designer and basically even as a, a, a developer or as a person that are working 
in freelance or otherwise can can use it to organize whenever you're you're working on a new project these are just questions that are common sense sort of if you think about it and and can be used on on a range of projects not necessarily only design for example in social media this this sort of six question or five question framework is used quite often for example to determine your social media strategy why are, are, are you doing a uh, posting on social media who are you posting for what is your target audience uh, what are you planning to do and where are you going to do it uh, when are you going to do it like what your what is the specific schedule that you are thinking of doing on social media uh, and how exactly are you going to measure the impact and the success of whatever you you plan to do this is just an example of the same types of questions applied to social media but this can also be applied to, to for example to a, to a design project to a development project just because whenever you're talking timelines a project has a timeline regardless of whatever type of project it is so we, we were just talking earlier about social media but the same can be said for a design project when do you have to deliver it what are the expectations with regards to the timeline for example um, how will you measure the success of the project as, as a designer you maybe you would say well for example if the persons that are the main stakeholders for this project are going to sign it off that's going to be the kpi or the success factors of me uh, delivering this project that's going to be the the way i measure the success for this project or for example say if you are a marketing person you would be interested in how many people click on your ads you would see a cost per click and as long as the cost per click is smaller than the the the, the the number of clicks you would basically be happy because that's what you are going to aim for however i'm not going to talk too much about <laughs> the marketing side of things because that's not my specialty and i i don't want to uh, misinform you with regards to that i don't know too much of it if you want to find out more there's a bunch of podcasts that are um, sort of targeting this this niche of the market and and i think there's there's going to be plenty of information about that one however just to wrap things up for for this part um the five wife five wise technique is really useful but you have to be very very careful of how you're going to use it um it's especially useful in process development and and trying to improve a, a specific uh, process that you have even as a designer or as a developer it can be good for you if you're trying to see if something fails what fails and how it fails or where it exactly failing that's a good way to see and and, um, and, and to actually improve your process and um, th the one thing that I want you to guys to get out of this is the fact that a lot of processes which nowadays are being used whether it's in in, in de design or development or whatever you want to most of them come from the car manufacturing business few people know this and few people even care about it but for example kanban uh, is a specific case of this for example it, it it's one of those things that came together with this five wise technique from the toyota 
uh, factory and from from the Toyota um, sort of production system and and processes because it became very popular and because it was very very efficient in what it was doing so this is just some background information as why sort of so many many um, workways that we have are are borrowed from the car manufacturing industry and especially from Japan because Japan Japan from my point of view has been one of the leading um, sort of countries in in the in the development of processes they have been very very successful in developing all sorts of popular processes that are very used today even in UX design for example there's a bunch of them just to name um, the Kano model for example uh, this this one is also uh, brought from Japan and it's one made by uh, a professor called Dr. Noriaki Kano and it's also um, used in, in UX design the thing is this this for example for me it wasn't a, a very known uh, process but I'm actually going to to present it in one of the podcast episodes that are going to be uh, up at some point uh, about UX processes and I would like to to highlight this one because it seems interesting and I haven't I actually didn't know about it up until recently that uh, I just stumbled up, uh, upon it and I, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to follow up on this and do some research on it because it seems really interesting and I'm, I, I would love to, to present it to you guys as well. Okay, without further ado, I would like to wish you all an amazing weekend. Uh, I'm sorry if I stuttered, uh, especially today and and f- if it feels like I'm, um, I'm 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 a bit off today wasn't necessarily an amazing day for me and um i'm i'm probably going to have to talk about it at some point about the the situation with design and how design is affected by by depression and de- how how depression affects design in a way how these things go together for creative people and how it's such a it's such a weird uh, weird situation to be in, but this is for another episode, uh, not right now. Um, thanks for thanks for listening, guys, and have an amazing weekend. And I hope to hear you next time. Um, I hope you subscribe if you haven't done so. I hope this podcast helps you in a small way. Um, I would be really, really happy if it did. Um, that's the re- reason why I'm actually doing it. Um, and what can I say? Uh, stay cool, guys, and talk to you next time. Bye-bye.